Hey, what's up? We're Brave Youth, a youth movement happening all across Miami, starting at our home, Brave Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We can't wait to see how God's going to use it to change your life. Enjoy the message. Come on, man. I am so stinking excited to be here on our fam group launch today. Come on, who's excited for the after party outside? It's going to be good. Um, I'm super excited. Man, thank you for being here. Turn to your neighbor and say, thank you for sitting next to me. Because without you, I wouldn't know what to do with my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, come on, turn to your neighbor. Is he cute? Okay. Ask him for a number right now. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, middle school boy. I believe in you. I believe in you. Hey, we're in a brand new series called Goats, baby. Um, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. I have never been more excited to preach a sermon series in my entire life. Like, for real. For real. And you guys are clapping. You don't even know what we're talking about. But, man, listen. How many of you guys know what the word goats means? Huh? Come on. Greatest of all time. And here's what we're going to be doing in this series is we are going to be taking six weeks and we're going to be looking at six of the greatest human beings that have ever lived that the Bible shows us. Okay. Are you guys ready to preach back tonight? Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I came fired up, okay, with a word. Okay, so listen, I need some preach back today. Can you guys give that to me? Come on, come on, come on. Hey, listen, um, um, if, you, if you know what a goat is, that's what a goat is. But in the context of what we're talking about uh, today, we're talking about the greatest of all time. I want to show you some of the greatest of all time that, uh, that our world knows about. Come on, how many of you guys know, like, like there are some goats in the world? Here's the first one. Come on, how many of you guys like know Michael Jordan? Come on, Michael Jordan, MJ. Anybody a Michael Jordan fan? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a Michael Jordan fan. I'm a big Chicago fan. I love Michael Jordan. Look at that, dude. I wish I could dunk like that, but I can't. Uh, man, look at that armpit, though. Come on, dude. I wish I had armpits like that. Come on. Look at your armpit. It ain't look as good as that. Another one is this. Uh, Steve Jobs. Come on, iPhone users. Clap it up for Steve Jobs. Okay, listen. Without him, you would not have a life. Think about that, y'all. Think, uh, how many iPhone users do we have in the room today? Yeah, 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 shout out to you. How many non-iPhone users do we have in the room? Dear Jesus, God, Lord, come on, can we just pray for these people right now? Jesus, I pray that you would deliver them from evil. Amen. Here's another one. Come on, Walt Disney, baby! Disney World! Yeah. Look at that, dude. Look at that mustache, man. I wish I had that mustache. You guys are like, dude, I thought, I thought Walt Disney was a mouse. No, that's Mickey Mouse. He created Mickey Mouse. That's Walt Disney. Um, another one is this. Uh, Michael Jackson! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any Michael Jacksons? No? Um, yeah, yeah. Change the industry of music. Put up the last one. Put up the last one. This is my favorite one. Please tell us. She's a goat. I'm going to be honest with you. We were cleaning out the storage room in the church, and we found a bunch of balls. So I put all the balls in her little playpen, and she had a ball pit. So this was her in the ball pit. She loved it for the first three seconds, and then she started crying. It was amazing. Um, but you see, these, these people right here, you might know some of these faces. You might know only one of these faces. You might know all these faces. But here's the reality is these people are the greatest of all time because they were willing to do what most people would not do. They were willing to sacrifice something that most people would not sacrifice. It's this thing called greatness. Did you know that it is easy to be good, but it's hard to be great? 
Yeah, it's easy to be a good Christian. It's hard to be a great Christian. It's easy to be a good average student. It's hard to be a valedictorian. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? Yeah, yeah. It's easy to be a team player. It's hard to be a captain on the team. Yeah, why? Because there is a sacrifice that has to be made. You see, these people are the greatest of all time because they were willing to do something that most people were not. They were willing to sacrifice. They were willing to give up. They were willing to to look different than the rest. I wonder if there is greatness in the room tonight that God is looking down at a generation and he's saying, hey, there is some greatest of all times here in the room tonight. And I believe if you sacrifice something, what we're going to talk about tonight, then you can be great just like them. Come on, are you ready today? Come on, I said, are you ready today? Come on, turn to your neighbor. Just poke him in the face and say, are you ready today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, would you pray with me as we jump into tonight? Dear Lord, I just pray over tonight, God. God, I pray that you, your face would shine down on us, Lord. I pray that we would learn about you, God. I pray that we would fall more in love with you tonight. And everybody said, amen and amen. The title of my message today is, It's to Die For. It's to die for. Uh, you know, like, how many of you have ever, ever, like, used that phrase before? It's to die for. You know, like, when I think of that phrase, I think of, like, Starbucks brownies, okay? Anybody ever have a Starbucks warmed-up brownie? Okay, listen, it's to die for, y'all, okay? Like, 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 anybody, you ever, like, you're in a relationship with a girl, and you just be like, darling, I would get a grenade for you. Anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, man, I would die for that thing. Today, I want to talk to you about this one man that said, you know what? God, you are to die for. I wonder how many people in this room today would say, God, your dream is worth dying for. God, the calling that you placed on my life is worth dying for. God, the anointing that you poured out on me is to die for. Because God is looking for some people that are saying, you know what? When it gets hard, when there are testings, when there are trials, when you face adversity, are you going to run away or are you going to press in? You see, the great people are different from the good people because the average people, when they face adversity, they say, you know what, I'm going to take the easy way out. I'm going to play it safe. But the great people say, you know what, even in the midst of my adversity, even when there are things coming against me, I am going to stand my ground because I know that my calling is to die for, and I know God's got my back. Anybody glad today that God has your back? Come on, come on. Tonight I want to talk to you about this man named Stephen. Everybody say Stephen. He is one of the greatest of all time in all of scripture because, you see, you can have a good attitude, you can have good intentions, but but at the end of the day, you need this one thing. If you want to be great in life, if you want to be written in the hall of faith, just like Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all these different people who were the greatest people that ever lived, I believe this, I believe God is not done making people great. I believe God is not done making people great, making their dreams great, making their families great, making their careers great, making their callings great, but it's going to take this one thing. It's called unwavering faith. Unwavering faith. What does that mean? That means that, that, that when the winds blow and the storms come and, and my ground feels rocky, man, my faith will not be shaken. 
That, that's what God is looking for. And I love this story um, in Acts uh, chapter 6, starting in verse 3, of this man called Stephen. Because, you see, Stephen was a great man, and, and, and the, the, the disciples and, and some people were, were doing some ministry, and they said, you know what, hey, we don't have enough people. So we need to go find some more people. And so starting in Acts chapter 6, it says this. You, our brothers, must look round and pick out from your number seven men of good reputation who are both practical and spiritually minded, and we will put them in charge of this matter. Then we shall devote ourselves wholeheartedly to prayer and the ministry of the word. The brief speech met with unanimous approval, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Starting in uh, verse 8, it says, Stephen, full of grace and spiritual power, continued to perform miracles and remarkable signs among the people. However, members of a Jewish synagogue known as Libertines, everybody say, uh uh-oh, together with some of the synagogue of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as some of the men of Cilicia and Asia, tried debating with Stephen but found themselves quite unable to stand up against either his practical wisdom or his spiritual force. In other words, this dude was a baller. And the way that he spoke, in desperation, they bribed men to allege, we have heard this man making blasphemous statements against Moses and against God. All who sat there in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen. And as they looked at his face, It appeared to them like the face of an angel. Starting in Acts uh, chapter 7, it says this, These words stung them to a fury, and they ground their teeth at him in a rage. Stephen, filled through all his being with the Holy Spirit, looked steadily up into heaven, and he saw the glory of God and Jesus himself standing at his right hand. Look, he exclaimed. The heavens are open, and I can see the Son of Man standing at God's right hand. At this, they put their fingers in their ears, yelling with fury as one man. They, uh, they made a rush at him and hustled him out into the city, and they began to stone him. The witnesses of the execution flung their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. So they stoned Stephen while he called upon God. And said, Jesus, Lord, receive my spirit. Then on his knees, he cried in ringing tones and said, Lord, forgive them for this sin. And with these these words, he fell into the sleep of death. Are you kidding me? Do you understand what is happening in this chapter? We have a man named Stephen. Who The Sanhedrin, who these rulers come to him and say, hey, I want you to rebuke your faith. I want you to say that what you have said is not true. I want you to pretty much say that Jesus is not real. He's not the Messiah. Stop preaching these false teachings. And without any doubt in his mind, he said, no, it is true. I am willing to die for this. Do you understand the power in what is happening here? Man, I wonder how many people give up in this room today when somebody throws a stone at them. Yeah, I want to ask you today, when people start throwing stones at you, when people start doubting the dreams in your heart, when people start questioning the calling on your life, what do you do? Do you run away or do you stand your ground and say, God, I'm going to call on the name of the Lord because I know that when I call on the name of the Lord, I will be saved. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see this man named Stephen. Man, I love this guy named Stephen. You see, you want to know the thing about greatness? Greatness isn't about who you are. Greatness is about who you know. Yeah, yeah, that's what Stephen understood. Stephen said, hey, it's not about who I am. It's about who I know. And I know that my God is a savior. I know that my God is for me and not against me. I know that sticks and stones can break my bones, but they cannot rip the spirit of God outside of me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, see, see, it's not about who you know. It's not, it's not about who you are. It's about who you know. Man, do you know about God or do you really, really know God? See, you want to be great. You want to live an unwavering faith. You have to know God. Like, you got to know the deep intricacies of his heart. Come on, I, I want to talk to you about three things that Stephen had, three really short things before we go outside. Three really short things, and I want you to write these down because I believe these things can change your life forever. Okay, are you guys ready? Come on, say, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, number one is this. You need, Steve, Stephen had practical faith, okay? You want unwavering faith? You need practical faith, okay? What does that mean? He knew the word of God. Yeah, did you know that in Psalms 119, 105, it says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, and it is a light unto my path. That's why God's word is so important. Did you know that when you don't know what step to take, all you got to do is read God's word. When you don't know what move to make next, all you got to do is follow God's word. The thing that I love about the Bible, the thing that I love about the thing that we call God's word is that it is a roadmap for the way that we are supposed to live our lives. What is practical faith? Practical faith is not just memorizing scripture. Practical faith is knowing how to walk out scripture. I want to be somebody that doesn't just memorize scripture, but I can practice what I preach. How often do you practice what you preach? It's funny because I know a lot of teenagers that know a lot of scriptures. And they try to come up to me and they're like, yo, I know a lot of scriptures. And I'm like, dude, that's cool. But, but, like, are you living any of those scriptures out in your own life? What is practical faith? Practical faith is saying, no, I'm not just relying on grace. I'm relying on my works because I know that in obedience, God produces faithfulness. God produces loyalty. God produces conviction and commitment into my heart. So I know that when things attack me, all I need is God's word in my life. Man, how, how much do you know God's word? How much do you know the things that he promises you? How much do you know the things that he says about you? The, the second thing is this, is, is Stephen was spirit-filled. You need a spirit-filled faith. Number two, you need a, you need a practical faith, and then you need a, a spirit-filled faith. He had a practical faith, and he had a, a spiritual faith. In other words, when, when, he, when he understood who was in charge of his life, all of a sudden it took the pressure off of him. Did you know that a lot of times in life, you will face a lot of pressure? Teenagers face pressure every single day. You got to get good grades. You got to get a job. You got to get a girlfriend. You got to get a boyfriend. You got to make sure that you look good. You got to make sure that you fit in. All of this pressure. But did you know that when you know who you belong to and who lives inside of you, all of a sudden, all of pressure is taken off because now I'm not using my own strength. I'm using the spirit of God who is inside of me. He's called the Holy Spirit. I think it's so funny that, that even in his last breath, what did Stephen do when he was ripped out of the, of the place and he was thrown into the streets and they started to stone him? 
Like, like back in the day, what stoning was is they would stick him down in the ground so that he was not able to move. And then they would pick up rocks and they would throw rocks at them until that person was dead. Come on, talk about a punishment. How many of you would love being stoned? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. Understand that, that in his last breath, you know what he did? He didn't shout mean remarks. He didn't get upset. He didn't get discouraged. He didn't get depressed. He wasn't like unsettled in his spirit. No, no. He called on the name of the Lord and he said, God, you are strong inside of me. God, I know that they might be able to take me out physically, but they cannot rip the spirit of God that you placed inside of me through Jesus who now works in me through the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that you need the power of the Holy Spirit to live as a Christian? You cannot be a Christian and not be filled with the Spirit. It's not possible because your flesh is not strong enough to deny sin. Your flesh is not strong enough to deny temptation. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of you that even when haters and doubters come your way, you can say, God, I still give the glory to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch this, watch this. And and number three, uh, I'm going to invite the piano back up. This is so powerful. Acts 7 verse 60. Acts 7 verse 60. Stephen, who is now being stoned to death for loving Jesus and serving God and being obedient. Watch this. This is Stephen speaking. He says, Jesus, Lord, receive my spirit. Then on his knees, he cried in ringing tones, Lord, forgive them for this sin. And with these words, he fell into the sleep of death. Isn't it crazy how the last words that Stephen spoke were words of forgiveness? You know what you need to have unwavering faith? You don't just need practical faith. You don't need a spirit-filled faith. What you need is an unoffended faith. A faith that doesn't get offended. I know sometimes like it's like kind of a joke because we read a book here at Brave Church, but truly, man, I admire this man so much because I'll be honest, if I was getting stoned, I mean, you know, like if my arm was free, I'm flinging some stones back, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you going to mess with me? Like I'm going to keep fighting until I'm dead. Right? Like, I'm going to try to run. I'm going to try to break out. I'm going to try to hit you in your eye so that you can't see me. But what does he do? He doesn't throw a stone back. He doesn't throw words of hate back. How often now in our generation is it so easy to just, mm, I'm going to comment something back on them then. Mm. Well, I'm going to repost about them, but I'm not going to say that it's them, but they're going to know. And we begin to throw stones back at the people that are throwing stones at us. But I love Stephen because in his last breath, he said, Lord, forgive them of this sin. Wow. And watch this. I I think that it's so profound because here's what you have to be careful about with unforgiveness. Is unforgiveness has the ability to strangle your calling and limit your destiny and the potential on your life. That's why you got to be careful with unforgiveness. But when you forgive people, watch this. There is a supernatural rest that falls on your spirit. Watch this. He's getting stoned to death. Okay. 
I want everybody to close their eyes right now. I want you to picture him being stoned to death. Okay? Uh, Imagine the excruciating pain. Imagine the humiliation. Imagine all of the thoughts that are going through his head. He is clinging on to life. Every stone hurts worse than the one that came before. And with his last breath, he says, Lord, forgive them of this sin. And and, and this very last scripture that closes out the lifespan of him in scripture says this. And with these words, he fell into a sleep. You can open your eyes. With these words, he fell into a sleep. How can you fall asleep when somebody is throwing a stone at you? How can you fall asleep when you are in agonizing pain? I believe this. I believe he fell asleep because he understood that he was right with God and he was right with his enemies. And I just come to tell you today that when you are right with God and you're right with your enemies, even if they don't accept the forgiveness, but you say, you know what? I forgive you for trespassing against me. There is a rest and there is a peace and there is a supernatural covering that fills your heart that says, you know what? Even in the midst of the haters, even in the midst of the doubters, even in the midst of the people that are hurling stones at me. I know that the greatness inside of me is greater than the thing that I'm facing. I wonder today, what unforgiveness have you harbored in your life that has kept you from the greatness that God has for you? Maybe it was a family member that was supposed to protect you, but they didn't protect you. Maybe it was a breakup that you thought, man, this guy was with me forever, or this girl was with me forever, and all of a sudden, now you're going through this thing. Maybe a friend betrayed you and betrayed your trust. Maybe, maybe an adult hurts you that wasn't supposed to hurt you. Maybe someone said something about you that, 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 that you've been harboring for so long. Maybe there is something in your life that you have not forgiven. But I came to tell you today that the God of miracles, the God of blessing, and the God of forgiveness wants to come into this room and cover you and wash over your spirit and pick you up out of the ashes and tell you that there is greatness on your life. Just like Stephen, I believe this. I believe that every single one of you in this room, there is greatness on your life. From a leader to a student to just a parent that's in this room, I believe that there is greatness on the other side of your forgiveness. Come on, would you stand to your feet with me today as we close? With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're in this room today and you feel like you are Stephen. Maybe you feel like you've been trying to live for Jesus, but, but all these doubters and mockers and haters and, and naysayers have tried to come against you, and they are hurling stones at your life. And you feel like giving up, and you feel like giving in. I want to tell you today that God is on your side. He's with you in the battle. He's for you and not against you. The word says that no weapon formed against you can prosper. Why? Because you are a son and daughter of the most high God. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the alpha and omega. He knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. He's got your back. He knows what you're going through. What he needs you to do today is forgive. Maybe it's a parent that walked out on you. Maybe it's a sibling that said something about you. Maybe it's somebody that that you thought you could trust, but it was broken. 
If that's you in this room, come on, would you just raise your hand right now? One, two, three, go. Come on. If you're in this room right now and you say, man, there's somebody that I need to forgive in my life. There's a situation that I need to release to God. Yeah, yeah. Come on, put your hands down. Come on, I want to pray for you right now. Dear Jesus. God, I pray that supernatural strength would rise up in this room. God, God, I pray that unwavering faith would rise up in this room. God, God, I pray that the faith of Stephen, God, would, would, would capture hearts today, God. Lord, right now, Lord, I pray that forgiveness would fall afresh on us, Jesus. God, I pray that we would feel an overwhelming rest and peace. God, I believe that some of you have even lost sleep. Because in your dreams, you remember the things that have happened to you. God, I break that right now in the spirit world, Lord. I just break it, God. God, no weapon formed against us shall prosper, Lord. I pray that tonight they would get the best sleep that they have ever gotten, Lord. Because they know that they are forgiven so they can forgive. Come on, if you're in this room tonight and you say, man, I've never had this thing called faith. I've never lived for Jesus. I've never said yes to him like Stephen said yes to him. But tonight, I don't want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you in this room, come on, on a count of three. One, two, three. Would you just raise your hand today? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, come on, all across this room. Would you just pray this prayer with me as we close today? God, I just thank you so much that, that there's greatness in this room, Lord. God, I thank you so much, Lord, that there are sons and daughters, God, that are ready to step into a greater calling, a greater anointing, a greater spirit, a greater faith, God, a greater role for the kingdom. Lord, I pray right now that greatness would rise up, Lord, that leadership and influence would rise up, Jesus. God, I pray that we would walk into our schools, walk into our families, walk into our communities, God, walk outside of this church, God, full of unwavering faith. That we can't be pushed around, but we can live for you and be proud of who you've called us to be. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Come on, can we clap for Jesus today? Thanks for hanging out with us. If you like this message, hit subscribe and stay connected by visiting us at brave.guide. We'll see you next time. And remember, no turning back. The best is yet to come.